Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon around the state of Mississippi. Glad you're with us this afternoon on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Opening segment sponsored today, as it is every day, by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good buddies and proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. They're catering right now for Christmas. So remember, if you're looking for somebody to take the stress off of your back during Christmas, you can sit back, relax, let Dickies do the cooking. They have full Christmas meals. They have individual turkeys and hams, but you need to order now because some selections are limited. And, of course, uh, a lot of orders are coming in. So call your local Dickies and uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Christmas holiday. Ricky Jones is a former basketball player with the Golden Eagles and now an executive on the USM Alumni Association Executive Board. He'll be on the show a little later in the hour and uh, we'll, of course, be talking a little basketball as well. But our attention today uh, goes back to football. Of course, the Golden Eagles uh, named as uh, one of the two teams in the upcoming Armed Forces Bowl January the 4th when they'll take on an old foe in the Tulane Green Wave. Brent Riggler is the executive director of the Armed Forces Bowl, and we're very happy to have him on the Eagle Hour today. Brent, thanks so much for your time, and uh, you guys did a great job. You have you have renewed what was a long-standing old rivalry here in the Deep South. Yes, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on, and I want to talk about Dickie's Barbecue because <laughs> <laughs> you guys got me mouth watering already. They're you know they're based here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, so uh, hopefully right? uh, we'll have a lot of Dickie's Barbecue out here for the for the fans to enjoy. Can't but go yeah, wrong. the uh, the rivalry. I'm glad we were able to renew that. I've uh, been talking to both athletic directors and, and doing some type of promotion around that and bringing back the rivalry bell, and uh, hopefully one of the teams will walk away with that. So tell us, uh, if you will, Brent, how, how you go about uh, the selection process. Kind of let our listeners know what happens behind the scenes and, and how you guys came down to, uh, to picking these two schools. Well, uh, our, our partnership this year was with the Mountain West Conference and with Conference USA. So uh, when the Mountain West Conference, um, they had a partnership in Hawaii as well, uh, in which uh, it was supposed to be, you know, Hawaii wanted to play in that game this year based on their record. So the American Athletic Conference that was supposed to play in Hawaii versus BYU this year vacated. And when they vacated, they took our slot here in Fort Worth. So that's how we got Tulane out of the American Athletic Conference. And then on the Southern Miss side, uh, we wanted a team that was regional and could travel here. Uh, out of my office, we also oversee uh, the game in Dallas, in which we've had uh, Southern Miss attend before, and you know their fans are fantastic, and uh, we look forward to being able to host them here in Fort Worth this year. And before I let my buddies get involved here too, I'm I'm curious to know about this, the Armed Forces Bowl. That has a a special place in my heart, being a former military father. 
uh, you guys really do a lot to recognize the military. Personally, very, very happy to see Southern Miss playing in a bowl that does that. Yeah, um, and, and the history that Southern Miss does in supporting our military uh, is a definite bonus, and um, we will be honoring our military throughout the game. All our corporate partners are required to underwrite tickets for our military so they can go online and sign up for their tickets. Uh, so any military listening, uh, you're welcome to go to armedforcesbowl.com, uh, click on the veteran tickets, and sign up for your free tickets that we take care of. Take care of all our veterans. We've already got over 15,000 uh, military families signed up to come to the game. Uh, so we'll have a lot of them there so we can say thank you for their service. Excellent. I can only imagine that Tulane was probably slotted first before Southern Miss was chosen. Yes? Um, I, the selection process doesn't come down to me. Uh, it comes up to my uh, my leadership, and so I, I can't really answer that question for sure. Um, well, I was just I was just going to kind of tease you, Sam, because clearly, if Tulane found out they were playing Southern Miss, they'd say we don't we don't want to come. You know, we don't want to have to face no, those Eagles. I, it's actually it's been it's, I, both ads that I've been talking to are been ecstatic about this relationship. You know, they they just signed a new four year partnership. Uh, in the future years to play each other. So I think this is kind of a kicking it off. And how? Uh, tell us about the, the, the partnership with Texas Christian University because the game is, is on the campus there in Fort Worth. Yeah, TCU's been fantastic. Uh, you know, about eight years ago, they re- renovated the stadium. It's a new $164 million renovation that's been done, and actually they're improving it even more now. So the fan amenities are out of this world. Um, the suites, the club levels, the actual seat, new seats that have been put in. Uh, there isn't a bad bad location in the stadium for someone to view the game. They put in a brand-new scoreboard this year as well, uh, speaker system, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's going to be a good experience for all that come. So the game itself, of course, is the icing on the cake. But with, with goal, bowl games, too, there's usually, you know, at, among other things, parades and fan fests and things like that. Can you tell Golden Eagle fans, you know, what else they're going to be able to do when they come to Fort Worth? Yeah, so uh, the day before the game, we have a, a large luncheon at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Uh, welcome to attend that. Uh, also, on game day, we have a huge area called our tailgate outpost. Uh, it's a fan fest area. We'll have all the different uh, military branches with equipment on display. Uh, we'll have a techno zone, uh, which is basically a STEM tent for, uh, for kids to enjoy. And uh, we have a family zone as well uh, for more kid activities. We also have what's called Veterans Village. We have over 40 nonprofit organizations that are affiliated with veteran organizations uh, out there to help veterans. So when the vet comes to the game and they are walking through that area and maybe they, they have an issue we're not aware of, but they, uh, they connect with one of those organizations and can get help, uh, that's what they're there for. Uh, we'd love to have uh, as many people come out and be a part of that and uh, enjoy that in advance of the game. Luke, jump in here. Brian, thanks for being on today. I was uh, following in real time all the bowl selections and on Sunday afternoon, and everybody's you know hypothesizing what might be. And we actually saw over in the SEC there was some teams that got slotted, and then there had to be some switcheroo. Is, is it like the, you know as soon as the conference championships go over on the inside, is it like the NFL draft? I mean, are you just like getting blown up from every direction? And and uh, how long ahead of time do you know which teams uh, you know you're going to have in the bowl game? I knew about an hour before, um, and that was this year is probably the longest time I've had ever. Uh, it comes in, honestly, it comes down to the CFP playoff rankings and and where teams are slotted uh, because there's a huge trickle down effect. Uh, 
So, you know, like last year, uh, we had uh, Army in our game. And the only reason we got Army in our game is because uh, Oklahoma played into the fourth position last year, which took away our Big 12 team. So we were left open. And when that occurred, Army was sitting there at 11-1 and one and didn't have a bowl to go to. And, well, of course, as the Armed Forces Bowl, that's a perfect pick for us. And even though we had them the year before, we said, hey, come on, come on in. And uh, it worked out well for us. So uh, it's, it's pretty amazing how the process works every year. Um, there is some horse trading that goes on uh, because we're trying to make the best matchups for everybody, not just for the, for, the, for the players, but also for the fans so they can get to it as easy as possible. It is interesting that Oklahoma played themselves into the four spot again this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing sure. happened. Yeah. Yeah, Luke. Brant, um, you know, you, you look back at, or you look across the, really the, the bowl field and so many pop up and then fade away and, Man, I played in the early 2000s uh, for Southern Miss, and, man, you guys have been going since 2003. Looking back over the MVPs, there's been some studs that have played in this game. Jared Goff was an MVP in this game. Uh, there were some more uh, NFL quarterbacks and other position players. This is a rich history of, of a bowl game that Southern Miss is going to take part in. Yeah, we've had some phenomenal players uh, here, You know, Jared Goff being one of the more recent ones. Um, you know, We've had Case Keenum. Uh, there's been a lot of really good players that have come through here, and uh, we, you know, we think that Tulane and Southern Miss, some of their players are going to go on and play in the NFL as well. So, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, we'd love to see that alumni list in the future and look back and go, hey, that those, that one of those, one or two of those players played in our game as well. Well, no question, Brett. We've got to let people know how they can get tickets and come be a part of that. Is there some information you can share with us today on the show? Yeah, the best thing to do is just go to our website, go to armedforcesbowl.com, and click on the ticket page and uh, select the type of ticket that you want. Yeah, and I, as I saw, there's a whole variety of different options. Am I correct about that? Yeah, I mean, some of the areas are, uh, are sold out since we, we know our teams now and uh, all, the fan, all the tickets that the military have taken. Uh, but there are still some areas that, that are available. Our club area, which is very nice, it's an a- outdoor seat, but you have indoor food inside that's available to you as well and uh, complimentary drinks. Uh, so that's always, you know, I think there's only a couple hundred left of those. Uh, so if you're interested in those, you can, you can buy those. And then there's obviously the, the standard seating outside or around the stadium. So it sounds like you're expecting a really nice crowd. Yeah, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. I mean, this, this rivalry, I think, helps. Uh, they're really two good teams uh, on paper when you look at them. Uh, I think both teams, uh, their records might be a little bit lower than expected. I mean, there's some games in here that Southern Miss should have won. There's definitely some games on the Tulane side that you could say, hey, they should have won those, even though they came down the stretch not winning as many games as you would expect them because they came out of the gate 5-1 and one, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then didn't finish the season as strong as they like. But I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, for the fans to enjoy. All right, Brent, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Brent Ringler, everybody, Armed Forces Bowl Executive Director. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Brant Riggler, who is the Executive Director of the Armed Forces Bowl, for coming on the Eagle Hour and talking about Southern Miss's matchup with Tulane. Tomorrow, Jack Duggan is going to join us, and he's going to give us a history, uh, the history between the two schools, 
how that panned out through the years and also a, uh, a look back at uh, Southern Miss's bowl history, the good, the bad. Uh, and uh, so we'll look forward to that conversation. It sounds like it sounds like to me, Kelly, there's going to be a nice crowd. Uh, and I don't you know, I don't think now that everything has sort of shaken out that Southern Miss could have got a better deal than to play in the Armed Forces Bowl and to play an old rival like Tulane. Because Southern Miss does such a good job every year of, uh, of saluting the military. And, of course, the military tailgate parties that were so successful right. this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bob. I think, uh, think convenience-wise, everybody would have probably liked to go to New Orleans. But now that the table is set, I think it's, it's a right. perfect setting. Yeah, those military kids ate a lot of food and took a lot of T-shirts that day, didn't they? And yeah. that was great. And, and we, were glad, uh, we were glad to help provide both for them. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart. Rumor has it that Kelly has been seen down in the 2X section milling around, I'm assuming that would be for Luke and I. I was going to say, those are gifts. Yeah. The, uh, right. Those would not be for me. So if you have an eagle on your Christmas list, you simply have to go by there if you live in South Mississippi. If not, you could just get on the Internet. Uh, you've heard about that, the Internet? It's a fad. You thought you think, well, yeah, it while it lasts, because yeah. Kelly says it's going to fade in the near future, uh, you can go to campusbookmart.net. You can pick out your Southern Miss swag uh, that you want to give an eagle on your list, and they will deliver it right to your front door. Have you and, heard about that? And there's, You can order stuff on that thing, and they deliver it to your Oh, house. that's what Al Gore's been saying for years. But, <laughs> but there's, I mean, licensed license plate covers. You can get car tags, you know, coffee mugs, regular drinking mugs. I mean, if, Party if, stuff, if, like ships and dip plates yeah, yeah, and if, stuff if, like if that. Yeah, if they can put the, the eagle logo on it, they've got it at Campus Bookmart. Right, so Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, a must-go Christmas shopping location for every Golden Eagle that listens to the Eagle Hour. Uh, I got, an, I got a, quite a response uh, today from my comments yesterday about the parking situation at basketball. I meant to bring that in here. I'm going to get that. And in the last segment, I'd like to read a little bit of that because one of our listeners uh, sent me a, a long note about it. Uh, I thought it was very well written. Uh, he also talked about some issues that he experienced not by the school, but the city of Hattiesburg during the high school playoffs that the Hattiesburg police did not come direct traffic or in any way try to help the traffic flow in and out of the stadium. So uh, always really glad to hear from our listeners, and I'm going to share a little bit of that uh, later in the show. Meant to bring it in the studio now, but... Uh, you know, the opening game not. of the football season, there was a traffic problem, but but the, the officials of the city and the university responded because the next game tra- traffic was not near at all the problem that it was in game right. one so it was well great. this gentleman indicated better. this was not the school he said the campus police was trying to do what they could it was the city that supposedly did not provide much assistance to the school embrace these sorts of things hattiesburg if you get the state high school playoffs here Throw the red carpet out so that they'll want to come back, right? Well, but it, it could be a communication issue, though, too, you know, because it's the university was not the official sponsor. And I think people need to know that the university was not the official sponsor of the state high school championships. The Mississippi High School Activities Association was actually One responsible. One of your favorite organizations. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so it could very well be that the MHSAA did not communicate with the city of Hattiesburg. That's probably likely more than possible uh, would be my guess. I would think so, too. So, Luke Johnson, I like that matchup. I like uh, watching Southern Miss play Tulane. I like being in the Armed Forces Bowl. 
And uh, I think uh, all things considered was about the best Southern Miss could have hoped for. Yeah, when you when you look at, I think Tulane's actually better than a six and six team. Um, they lost a few close ones down the stretch, but you know, like Brant said, they opened five and one. They beat uh, FIU to start off with, only lost by eighteen over in the Plains at Auburn. Uh, beat Houston, beat Army, uh, drilled UConn, but they had a bad loss uh, to Memphis. They got beat by three at Navy. Um, they they only lost by three to Central Florida. Justin McMillan, their quarterback, he, he's he's been really good. Uh, Keon Howard, of course, is the backup quarterback there. Southern Miss fans remember him. Uh, so th- there's a lot of different stories that go into this one. Uh, they've done a good job rebuilding the program down there, and, and early in the season, it was exciting. So Nasty Bunch has to come to play. Uh, you look at uh, Tulane specifically, they, they give up uh, you know, a lot of points. Um, so, you know, Buster Faulkner, uh, it, it could be a shootout. That's really, you know, you want bowl games. You want them to be fun. You want to be enjoyable. You want to be able to be into them all four quarters. And a nice shootout in Fort Worth would be nice. I, I don't necessarily want the drama of the Troy game again. Uh, if we come out on top, I'll take it. But something in, in remotely connected like that would be sure fun to watch on January the 4th. And the head coach of Tulane is a guy by the name of Willie Fritz, who, uh, who put together some great teams at Georgia Southern. Uh, following in the shadow of, of Irk Russell. And if I'm not mistaken, Luke, and I'm sure the old left-hander Jack Duggan can confirm this for us tomorrow, Willie Fritz uh, interviewed or was one of the candidates for a Southern Miss, the Southern Miss coaching position, I think either before Fedora got it or the E-word got it. But I think Willie Fritz was, was in that mix one or both of those times. Uh, he's he's a, got a terrific he- record of turning programs around. He went to Georgia Southern uh, in after Munkin's first year, so it could have been when he was at Sam Houston State from 2010 to 2013. You know, when they started five and one, you started hearing his name rumbling around for you know potential openings. You know, when Arkansas had had gotten beat by San Jose State early on, that was you know his name was was connected to some of that. He's an older guy. He's yeah. he's 59, and I, I mean that in in coaching years. Um, but you know, he's been taking advantage of of where he's at at Tulane. You look at what they've done. Uh, they were seven and six last year, tied for first in the West of the American. They they won their ball game. Um, so he's had back to back winning seasons at at Tulane. He's improved every year. Um, so he is a, a guy um, that's making the most of of you know his his opportunity. I just think also, um, it's a cool place to land. Uh, you know, Brant was telling us the the aspects of the bowl week. Uh, Christmas is out of the way, and you're able to go out there. I, I believe I think it's like on the 31st is is when they're going to go out. Um, so you know, you get to spend New Year's out there, and and uh, from from a, a coaching perspective, as we talked to Lee yesterday, you can get some of that extra recruiting on. I don't mean change the subject, but but this is pretty cool. Um, I sent you guys this picture uh, today. Frank Gore Jr was on campus this past weekend, um, and that is the son of the present running back for the Buffalo Bills. If you remember back um, on the broadcast for the FAU Southern Miss game, they actually interviewed Frank Gore Sr. on the sideline. He yes. was down there uh, watching that um, because his kid, Frank Gore Jr., goes to school in, in Miami. At that point, his Frank Gore Jr. had committed to FAU, and so apparently – uh, he, is, he has opened his recruitment back up uh, with Lane Kiffin departing to Ole Miss. So Frank Gore Jr. was on campus this past weekend. Pretty cool uh, for the Eagles if if somebody of you know with that type of of um, father 
you know, in the NFL if he were to come to Southern Miss. And I've I have always wondered, and and none of us in here can really comment to it necessarily, but I've always wondered if that's a blessing or a curse to be the son or daughter of somebody that's just super famous in a particular sport. Like Frank Gore Sr., yeah. obviously, the third time, the third all-time leading rusher in the National Football League and certainly a Hall of Famer. And he, and his son comes along. Man, that, those are some pretty big shoes t- to fill. I tell you what, it was. We, we saw it recently with Barry Sanders Jr. You know, everybody thought he was going to be out of this world. He was at... At Stanford, then he transferred to Oklahoma State. Really, never you know caught fire anywhere, and, and he's not playing football anymore. You know, Dion's hyping his son pretty good, and it, it looks like Shakur Sanders may, may be, uh in in some ways the other side of the ball a little more. Uh, but Eagles get another commit. And the reason we're talking about this remind our listeners: next Thursday, December eighteenth, is the early signing period. Southern Miss has got uh, a lot of commitments from mainly JUCO players. One we should mention: Don Ragsdale who's the number five Juco running back uh, in the country out of Hines. He's committed to Southern Miss. Golden Eagles have had a, a few high school commits. Got another one yesterday. It's a name, um, Kelly, you're probably familiar with, and some of our listeners in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Brandon Hayes from Oak Grove High School, 6'2", 195-pound wide receiver. And he had a good year uh, for Oak Grove this year, 772 yards, 11 touchdowns. He commits um, to the Golden Eagles um, yesterday. So, you know, as the, the coming week comes, we'll see how many of those scholarships get cemented. Um, there's going to be some JUCO signees, but uh, uh, Madison Central kids on their offensive linemen. Uh, we will get some more commitments from high school, so we'll be checking that out in the in the coming week. Interesting, you brought that up about Gore Kelly. You had an experience about following a legend when you went to Channel Seven. Didn't yeah, you? there was a guy by the name of Bob Getty who was the sports director at that time. That was back in the 1800s. But, Correct, that's but, right. But right. he left to go to Greenwood, Greenville, and right. I was fortunate enough to you, get that place. And did you notice that Luke referred to the 59-year-old guy like he just needed to be shipped off to a retirement <laughs> home somewhere? He's well, no longer useful. And, uh, Send him away. He My caught, God, he's almost 60. He, he caught himself, though, didn't he? He said, uh, uh, with all due respect, or, you know. In... Coaching uh, years, <laughs> yes, which is like, what, five years to uh, one regular year? That's funny. <laughs> Ricky Jones, former basketball player, now with the Southern Miss Alumni Association, joins us right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we want to thank Brent Riggler for coming on in the first segment uh, from the Armed Forces Bowl. Appreciate his time very much. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. And as you know, it's a great place to have lunch. And boy, I had a good one down there Saturday afternoon with a buddy of mine from up in the Delta. Shrimp, poor boy, Kelly Sander. It is really good and they have plate lunches every day monday through friday i can never remember how much they are i remember it every time what is it Kelly? it's 8.95 and that includes a drink oh okay and dessert oh yeah yeah and booty booty will serve that to you and booty mix is a great drink and if you if you're into that shooting pool 
Four Street's a place to hang out, man. You know, I took my buddy off through it. It had been a long time. Uh, when he was the last there, it was Four Street Bar and Grill. It was a long I know it was uh, the end zone. End zone, sure. It was a long time back. Yeah. Uh, and he spent 45 minutes just walking around looking at all the memorabilia on the walls and remembering that game and remembering that game and – Probably remembering some other things that happened there that he probably wished he didn't remember. I don't think he, he had remember. much memory about that, but he <laughs> okay. did recall being in the building vaguely. <laughs> yes, if you indeed. know what I'm saying. Okay, our next guest is a former basketball player for the Golden Eagles, and Ricky Jones is now president of the Southern Miss Alumni Association Executive Board. That's quite a title. Well, isn't he a hot shot? That's quite a title. And now we have him on the Eagle Hour. Ricky Jones, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you all for having me. Uh, well, great to be here. Our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your basketball career at Southern Miss before we get into the uh, alumni stuff. Sure. Thank you. Um, I was recruited there. I'll never forget uh, in the basketball camp over in Cornsville, Georgia. Where at that time, a lot of players from around the, uh, the, the U.S. would meet uh, for a week, actually a Sunday through a Saturday. And we would basically compete back and forth. And one of those days, uh, it was open to for uh, for coaches or recruiters at that time to come through. And I actually had a chance to meet for the very, very first time Coach Robert McInnes and Coach Ralph Moore, who ended up being um, uh, two of my assistance coaches uh, uh, once the whole recruitment process went through. So this was in, in 1988. In that class, of course, we had Clarence Weatherspoon, uh, Darren Jenkins, uh, Darren Chancellor was on the team. And it was just a great group of guys, you know, from the Mississippi area that uh, comprised it. And uh, the first year we didn't do as well as we liked, but the second year we were able to uh, position ourselves and go to the tournament. And, and so and then we were able to follow up at the same time with the tournament the second year uh, with a 20-8 and eight record. So we were mm-hmm. we were very, very excited. Great, great years uh, uh, being a part of the team. Coach Turk was a great coach, and uh, his family, uh, Ms. Katrina, and then two daughters are still uh, part of my family, and, uh, and it's, just, it's been a great, great relationship. That's good stuff. Uh, since. Now, Ricky, that, that Weatherspoon guy, he was kind of overrated, right? <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he he is um, a tough tough uh, player. Uh, came in one of the probably a uh, few players at that time in the Metro Conference to to basically be named Player of the Year all four years. The freshman year he was freshman of the year, his first year, but he was able to without a doubt um, be named Player of the Conference of the Year um, the remaining four years. So three years. So he's a, he's a great per- person, great coach now, and uh, and is looking forward to great things um, as they he and Coach Ladner. So Ricky, Ricky, you play, you played in that against like Purvis Ellison of uh, Louisville and Elliot Perry of Memphis. That was that kind of puts people in in the ballpark uh, year wise. Um, yes, North Carolina State. North Carolina State was that your guys' first year at the tournament or your second trip? Uh, that would be our second trip. They had Tom Gugliotti on that on that team, yep. and yeah. uh, it was a very very tough team there for University of Maryland. It was it was it was a tough 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 team. But I, it was the team, though. I, I remember watching uh, some of the the pregames, and and I spilled some popcorn. I know it's hard to believe that I was eating at a ball game. I can't <laughs> imagine. And I spilled some popcorn on this guy's pants, and I, I went over to to apologize to him. He's sitting right next to me. It was Gary Williams, really, the longtime coach at the University of Maryland. Uh-huh. You know, wow. I thought, yeah, that was pretty cool. You All know? right, look, get in here. We're uh, talking to uh, Ricky Jones. Yes, Ricky, uh, man, you have served uh, the. Uh, the university in in a, in a lot of ways, man. Uh, you were on the presidential transition team. Uh, you were on the board of trustees, search advisory committee. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they just don't look up people in the phone book to do that. 
you know, I mean, it, it's pretty cool um, how you've been able to uh, to serve uh, the university after, you know, playing on the hardwood. How did really all that come about, you um, being in, in places where you could serve in this capacity? You know, it, it um, for me, uh, USM means it's meant so much. And having a chance to be relationships with individuals and um, um, actually uh, work in the city, um, as a uh, as a banker and so on, and have a chance to build those relationships, and, and oftentimes individuals, particularly USMC, an opportunity where you may be able to bring something to the table. I'm trying to still figure out what I'm actually brought to the table, bring to the table. But however, it's been an honor for me and my family, and uh, um, and just continue to stay or stay around to see what can provide us a little bit to make the university uh, uh, better and greater than it already is. What participation, so five, Ricky? I'm sorry. I was just going to ask what what percentage of participation, Ricky, are you getting from graduates that participating in the alumni association? You know, um, at this point, it's still been a, a you know we have great individuals that are involved now, but the percentages are not where we need to be. Um, we're still uh, right around the 10 percent, if you know, and that would be a, a challenge to get there. But we really need you know everybody to be involved. You know, by uh, being a member of the alumni association, it really helps. Uh, us as a, a university to one uh, grow with uh, scholarships, but also stay relevant and, and connected with everybody um, that has come through the uh, university. Ten percent—that sort of surprises me. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty standard, uh, Ricky? It's better than some, but it's definitely not where we want to be as a as a racial university of our size. Better than some universities. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's interesting. Look, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. To interrupt you. Yeah. Go ahead. It's all good. Yeah, I was just going to to follow up on that. You know, the the challenges um, you you face with that. You've been uh, you know the president for about about five months. Yeah. Um, what what are you looking to do? You know, until next July. I mean, what are the we we, we t- the reason I'm asking? We toss around a lot of things about you know not just what the alumni uh, association can do, but but other. Um, aspects on campus, Eagle, Eagle Club, M Club, and, and that. When we and we, it's been the general consensus on this show, Ricky, that you guys are are adapting, um, you know, to a, a new generation of, of alumni because these these kids that come out now they're they're different from when you uh, were on the campus when I was on the campus about fifteen years later, and it is a, it is a, a challenge to try to unlock the you know the the uh, or, or key the key to the, that unlocks for every alumni generation that comes out. Yes. What we're doing now um, has been very unique. We actually, a year and a half ago, went through a strategic planning process of which those conversations were, were brought up and discussed. One, how do we connect with this new millennial, um, um, highly engaged, want-to-be-engaged student um, that, that's coming through uh, the campus but also graduating? And then also, too, how do we stay in contact or stay connected with those individuals such as ourselves who are, uh, a little bit more uh, uh, friendly handshaking and so on to be engaged. And several things came out of that, that plan. One, we began to, uh, you know, move move toward a more hub-central um, type of um, um, organizational process where in the past you would have chapters. Say, for instance, you have a Jackson chapter, a Mobile chapter, and so on. But now they're called hubs, which allow everyone to be a part of and be able to connect in their own specific areas. Uh, one may have been a graduate of the history department. Well, there may be an opportunity for that person to connect with uh, recent history grads or uh, be participating in some of those uh, those activities centered around that. Uh, most recently here in Jackson, we um, had a uh, outing um, where um, individuals, we had the Gold, Gold Day where 
uh, we were able to do a community service project. We had roughly about 40 individuals show up and to participate in doing some cleanup projects around the uh, city of Jackson. And then to really stay connected, we actually began the Gold Council, which is mostly uh, uh, recent grads within the last 10 years. And that council is really looking at and having a chance to build a new communication connect, connect with the new and most recent graduates of the university. Hey, Ricky, before we let you go, we've only got a minute left, and uh, yes. I have a long history with Southern Miss, and, yes, and, and my, I think one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved figure I ever came in contact with, and I think Kelly's going to agree with this, is the great M.K. Turk. So I'd like for yes. you just to take the last minute we have left and, and give us your thoughts about the, what, what Coach Turk meant to you. Okay. Coach Turk was a, was a great uh, coach. He was able to go out and identify players locally within the state and by and his philosophy was one if he's able to get one one good player that one player will be able to track additional players uh one thing individuals uh, really don't know about coach Turk he really didn't believe in a lot of preseason running but he did believe in a lot of preseason playing and and I think after you know stepping away for a couple of years I thought back on it you know as we as a team it was amazing how we were able to in our pickup game scrimmage game preseason uh, was able to grow as better as a unit and grow better as players. And as he would come over from time to time and stick his head in to see if we were all showing up, you know, we saw him as being there. So he had a chance of, of really understanding a lot of us to play together, to grow together, and we became uh, 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 great uh, teammates to each other, which enabled us to reach the number nine, ninth ranking in the country at one point. Um, he was always about his family. Uh, every trip that I can remember and recall, he would always have Miss Katrina there and have his two daughters there. So he was really showing me, you know, coming out as a, you know, as a young man to see, you know, what it means to be a, a family man and have your family connected to and believing in what you're doing. And as, as a result of that, he was highly known around the country. And um, it was just, you know, everywhere we went, someone knew him. And it was just, he was just a great guy all the way around, and, 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 you know, God. as well as a beautiful family. Just can't, and, um, the kind of man you just simply cannot replace. And, and almost, almost to the day, I think we lost Coach Turk about six years ago. Almost to the yeah, day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ricky, thanks yeah. very much for your time and all you do for Thank the university. Thank you, all. I appreciate all that you do. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Ricky Jones, everybody, from the Southern Miss Alumni Association Executive Board. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon. The last segment sponsored by Toyota of Hattiesburg right here on Highway 98. Uh, legendary cars. Uh, they have been around for a long time. They do great deals. They provide great service after the sale. You can testify to a Toyota. Heck of a car. 544-9630. That's the, you know that. That's the phone number at Toyota. 544-9360. No, 9630. 9630, yeah. just like I said. Yeah, that's it. Hattiesburg Toyota, we really do appreciate their sponsorship. Hey, I want to remind you that we are collecting toys and food uh, for needy children here at Christmas at Homes of Hope and Batson's Children's Hospital. We've got location boxes at every corner market in Hattiesburg, Midtown, Bellevue, Oak Grove, also at The Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West. We'll be with JT this Friday 
from uh, the uh, from the uh, from the corner market in Midtown. Uh, we'll be broadcasting right after JT broadcast live. Right now, donations are very, very slow, so we would encourage you and plead with you, if you listen to the Eagle Hour, to pick up a few cans of uh, canned food, uh, a toy or two, drop it by one of the corner markets or at the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West, and we'll see to it that uh, they go to the kids that really need it during the Christmas season. Important to do that. You know, Ricky Jones was talking in our last segment about how MK Turk didn't believe in a lot of preseason running, and I remember, you remember uh, Bum Phillips? Right. He used to coach the Saints, but uh, before that he coached the Houston Oilers, and he coached Earl Campbell with the Houston Oilers. And some of the reporters were talking about early in fall camp, Earl Campbell struggled running the mile because he was big and thick, and, mm-hmm. and he, he just could not run the mile. And one of the reporters uh, asked Bum Phillips, you know, the legendary country boy, old Bum Phillips, they said, Coach, Earl's really struggling at the mile. Are you a little bit disappointed he came to camp in that shape and without missing a beat? Bum said, well, I'll tell you what, just for you, if it ever gets to be third in a mile, we won't run it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. All conference selections for football are out, and Luke has all the info. First team, Conference USA Southern Miss puts Quez Watkins, DQ Thomas, and Jalen Adams on the uh, Conference USA first team. Second team on offense, Drake Dorbeck and Tim Jones on defense, Demario Smith and Jalen Adams. All freshman team, Coker Wright, offensive lineman, Hayes Maples, linebacker from Oak Grove. And, and I tell you what, Andrew Stein is, uh, was put together I can't really remember another true freshman performance, maybe since Darren McCaleb in, in 2003. But uh, Andrew Stein, all-conference. He's also uh, on the entire Conference USA, not just the freshman team. He's on honorable mention uh, with T.J. Harvey, the long snapper. Southern Miss put six on the honorable mention on defense. Delman Landry, Jacquez Turner, Kyle Hemby, Rakeem Booth, Swayze Bozeman, and Rashawn Mitchell. And then Jack Abraham, uh, DeMichael Harris, and Arvin Fletcher on the honorable mention offensive team so uh so they're misfilling it out uh and and uh, that's why you know we felt like there was some high expectations from this team because of of the talent there and hopefully get to win number eight against Tulane in uh, about a month spoke to uh, Jack Duggan this morning he's gonna be on the show tomorrow he's also lining up Jack Abraham for us next week so we're gonna have Jack and a couple other ball players. Uh, now that the season has ended, uh, we're going to bring a couple of those kids on the show next week, uh, starting with Jack Abraham. Interesting uh, interesting to talk to those kids. Yeah, and this is a big week for them from an academic standpoint. Uh, those of you that don't follow, this is finals week for a lot of the colleges, universities, junior colleges around the area. I think the high schools might have another week to go after this. But uh, always tough. And, and people can joke about you know college kids not, not having to work hard, but emotional fatigue and worrying about final exams and things. It's a tough thing. So we wish them, wish them the best of luck this week. All right, so yesterday I complained a little bit, commented a little bit on not being able to park anywhere near the Coliseum uh, for basketball Saturday and had a friend with me that was not walking well. I got, a, I got a letter yesterday from a listener. I'll just identify him by his first name, Larry, and I really do appreciate you responding to me. Uh, but Kelly, he, he kind of answers the, the, the thought, I guess. I agree with you that parking in the area of Reed Green is a problem in capital letters. However, as an Eagle Club member and a season ticket holder, I would cancel my money if they gave away my parking after the game began. Mm, Okay. 
So there we are. He goes on to say, too, that half the spots around the Reed Green are reserved for yellow tag holders. Those are people that are not going to the basketball game but but want access to the pain center. And that also a lot of the parking around the Coliseum is taken up by staff. And uh, he urges me to bring uh, the this problem uh, that I observed Saturday to the attention of the athletic director. Well, and that's that's the only thing that only way things do get done. And I appreciate uh, Larry's comments right. too because Absolutely. that's what's great. I mean, believe it or not, in America, there are people that can disagree, correct, but get along. Absolutely, <laughs> and we can talk about things, you know. And Larry, I just want to Speaking tell you personally that I appreciate you taking the time to respond. And he also made some comments about. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the way Hattiesburg handled the uh, state football playoffs. But bottom line, I really appreciate you listening to the Eagle Hour and taking the time to communicate with me. Go ahead, Luke. Speaking of the uh, athletic director, a little smack talk going on between Jeremy McLean and Troy Dannon of Tulane. Jeremy McLean this morning posts a picture. We found the bell. So the last time we played Tulane, eventually, I, I, I guess we won the game. Jeremy McLean tweets, hey, Tulane AD, look what I found. See you in Fort Worth. Troy Dannon tweets back an hour later, we will keep an empty seat on the plane, Jeremy, for this beauty to return from Fort Worth. So a little smack talk going on. He has crossed the line. He has has crossed the line, buddy. He better watch it now. And what's not in there, they found that in a closet, and they also found one of Kelly's cousins in the same closet. We've been begging him to come out for a while. Yeah, so... uh... Tomorrow to the at top. 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the top. <laughs> to the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.